0: Everybody's, like, really, really excited that Memorial Day is on the horizon. I could just tell. Yay.
2: Yay.
0: Yay, busy season. I actually
2: (laughs) am very happy that Memorial Day is on the horizon because it coincides with the time of year when, like, the leaves all come out. Like, we move on from, like, this pollen-laden season. And the weather is, like, finally feeling like spring, early summer. So I know it's a lot of work for everybody getting ready for the holiday weekend and for the summer in general, but it's kind of a cool time of year, regardless, I think. Yeah, nice
0: positive spin, Georgie. I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> spirit.
0: As I go and grab another Benadryl to deal with the pollen the coating. The I yard. do actually
2: feel like That's the pollen over. is finally subsiding because it's been this really crazy allergy season. And I, I feel like we might be nearing uh, the end of it, hopefully.
0: I don't know. We're debating whether we should clean the porch in the cars yet or just wait. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah, I got my car washed and immediately after it looked like I had done nothing. I (laughs) rinsed it off Thursday night by Friday morning. It was covered in pollen again.
0: Yeah, it seems like overkill. I'm sorry, oak trees. I know, you know, that's your evolutionary thing. But seriously, you really need to put that much stuff out into the air. So what fun. Anyways, we're talking about nature today, kind of. Um, But first, our introductions. That's Bill Sutton, who hit the record button at the top of the podcast. Hi, Bill.
1: Hey, Annette. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group.
0: And also here is Brendan O'Reilly. Hi, Brendan. Hi, Annette. Hi, everybody. My name is Brendan. I'm the deputy managing editor. And Joe Shaw, who looks kind of sleepy today, is that allergies, Joe? Yeah, you know what?
3: The, the I'm Joe Shaw, I'm the executive editor of the Express News Group, and yeah the the primary reason, the primary way I've been dealing with pollen season, my eyes have just been caked shut it cannot my eyes have, have taken the brunt of the pollen season this year I don't know why my nose hasn't been so bad
0: so it has nothing to do with the legalization of marijuana in New York State. <laughs> it has nothing okay, it. okay. Nothing. just want to make sure and nothing. also here's Catherine G Manu hey Georgie
2: hey Nat how's it going I'm Catherine Manu a lot of people call me Georgie and I am the co-publisher of the Express News group
0: and I'm Annette Hinkle, and I'm the arts and living editor of the Express News Group. And also with us today is reporter extraordinaire, Stephen Coates. Hi, Steve. How you doing? Good
4: morning.
0: So what is that? The space shuttle in your, uh, in your...
4: That is a Saturn V rocket. Oh,
0: look at that. Nice. Impressive. Well, that could get you from like East Hampton to South Hampton, about two and a half seconds would be helpful. No, it would, it
3: would still be sitting in
0: traffic. It still <laughs> would be sitting in traffic. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, So we're talking about pastoral respites with the busy season on the horizon. And um, on Thursday, May 25th, the official dedication will occur of Steinbeck Park in Sag Harbor. And it's a big, it's a big deal because this has been a long time coming. We've gone through several mayors, couple, couple town supervisors, and a lot of planning to get to this stage. So who would like to jump in and give us a little bit of background on this park?
2: So Steinbeck Park (laughs) has actually been a part of the Sag Harbor landscape for a number of years. Um, It was um, a piece of property. It's it's located next to the Lance Corporal Harder um, Veterans Memorial Bridge. For those who are not familiar with Sag Harbor, that's the bridge that connects North Haven and Sag Harbor Village. Um, And the Village has been slowly redeveloping this piece of land into the John Steinbeck waterfront park since taking it over several years ago under um, Mayor Sandra Schroeder. Um, Since then, um, we've had Mayor Kathleen Mulcahy and now the current mayor, Jim LaRocca, who really kind of spearheaded the effort to create Steinbeck Park from the beginning. Um, You know, it's kind of fitting that we're gonna have the official like park dedication opening um, as he finishes his final term as mayor of the village of Sack Harbor. Um, so recently we've seen like a lot of improvements made to the park you know the creation of this natural amphitheater space Um, we've seen some really nice grass laid down in the park for those of us that have been enjoying just having that open space to like grab lunch or to take in the Sag Harbor American Music Festival um, you know it's been great to have a park there but it's been like kind of like this rocky like not really well developed public park space but now we're really kind of seeing it come to fruition Tuition, um, you know, thanks to a lot of effort on the part of the village and really a lot of volunteers, especially um, landscape architect Ed Hollander.
0: Yeah, I think what's interesting is the way that the whole idea of what to do on the waterfront has changed. You know, Sag Harbor was such an industrial waterfront village and, um, you know, from the working wharf back in the day when it actually was a, a port of commerce and whatnot like nobody thought about these as beautiful spaces and that Steinbeck park area which of course is named for the author John Steinbeck who lived in Sag Harbor toward the end of his life you know it had been sort of a, a tumble down in um, medical building for years that was not the most lovely of scenes um there was the Remkes fishing station which was kind of quaint and cool right um uh, but it was very much about a working class port. So I find that sort of interesting, the idea of the village jumping back in and really transforming how waterfront areas are used. And I imagine you see that happening a lot of places like in New York city where they're taking over the piers and turning them into you know, places for pedestrians and bikers and that sort of thing.
3: We just recently had an express sessions event where we talked about the public spaces in Sag Harbor and Ed Hollander, who is the landscape architect who really designed Steinbeck Park, talked a little bit about that, Annette, and about how this was part of, you know, he also worked on Long Wharf. And a lot of this is about transforming the waterfront uh, to reflect sort of a new use and new reality uh, along Sag Harbor's well, waterfront.
5: One of the great things about Steinbeck Park really pertains to the entire village. Um, Sag Harbor, we're all here because we all love Sag Harbor. Um, it's a remarkable place. Um, any number of times in my career, people have asked us, how can we recreate Sag Harbor? To which I say, you don't want to, but uh, that's, that's a different story. Um, but Steinbeck Park, it's, it's, you know, it, it's a space that's been there that I think you know, we were first, we first talked with Brian Gilbride, and then Sandra, and then Kathleen, and then, and then the, the current mayor. But Steinbeck by itself is great. And when, you, when people can sit down there and sit on the bench and, and, look, out and look, in the, look out at the water, I think it'll be something that, that everyone will enjoy. And I think that's wonderful. I think what we did at Long Wharf, where Long Wharf went from being a place for cars to a place for people, is the beginning of a story of transforming the waterfront and the public spaces in Sag Harbor as Jim had talked about a new use and and trying to really make it something that is pedestrian friendly is 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 our spaces for people as opposed to spaces for cars or industry or things like that we got Long Wharf done just before COVID and any the number of people that came up to me that basically you know their daily daily safe walk every day was around the end the Long Wharf was was really was really quite wonderful we do have a plan to try and connect the boardwalk at Long Wharf along the the harbor and under the bridge and over to Steinbeck. So that all of a sudden now, I think every village, and I know it's been part of the planning board, how do we open up the waterfront to the community? Um, So that's a unique part of Sag Harbor. And it's something that, for me as a landscape architect, I get to work on commissions all over the world. There's nothing that means more to me than what we do in the village here. I mean, that's, 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 that's really, to me, when people say, what are you working on that's fun, it's not, it's, it's here, because it's a treat, and it's an honor, and it's fun, and you get to, you get to work with all these great people to create spaces that will be here long after I'm gone.
0: I remember Georgie and I years ago you remember this Georgie I think we were with Bruce was it Bruce Tate the from the um, the yacht um, the yacht sales in Sag Harbor and he had a vision to create a whole waterfront um, expanse in Sag Harbor that would be linked with pedestrian walkways and stuff and I just remember him taking us out for a walk from one end to the other about where he envisioned this but of course it hadn't happened. And a lot of it has still not happened. So we were like going in, you know,
2: mushy backyards and we were trespassing, just say it. We were breaking trespassing. Lawn, trespassing, all over Sack Harper's waterfront. <laughs> and there that were places like- where you're like,
0: wow, this is probably not going to happen given the private property that <laughs> up right to the water. But he was very enthusiastic.
2: Oh um, yeah, That was like 15 years ago too. Yeah. Um, so this idea yeah. has been out there for a very long time. That was Bruce Tate, who, um, you know, it does have a, um, you know, yacht rental company in Sag Harbor that's been on the waterfront forever, but he was also the Harbor committee chairman at the time. Um, mm-hmm. you know, was a longtime chairman of that board, which really tries to, um, keep the local waterfront revitalization plan, Um, you know, like basically Sag Harbor's blueprint for what it should do with its waterfront in focus. And so we, Annette, Brian, Boyhan, and myself, and Bruce walked from, I think we just did Marine Park around um, the Sag Harbor, um, Pat Malloy's Yacht Club, around Long Wharf, down Windmill Beach, under the bridge, um, to what was at that time- private property that is now Steinbeck Park. And we actually went all the way down West Water Street, down to where like Barron's Cove and the Sacrebert Inn are. And the idea was that Theoretically, it would be this amazing thing if eventually we could have this waterfront pathway that traversed all of downtown Sag Harbor. Um, It hasn't really come to fruition, but a lot of it, like, I mean, with, with the revitalization of Long Wharf and that beautiful project that they completed, what, two years ago, Steve, and now Steinbeck Park, you do have like a nice waterfront walkway in downtown sag harbor that we've never had before so we're taking baby steps in that direction i suppose
0: so the vision to the park right now uh, i haven't been down there in a while so basically the the state that steinbeck park is in now it's been uh, they've installed sod and they've done some is i guess some sculpting of the of the land is that is that right Mm right um so are they long term i mean i remember ed hollander had come up with some pretty intricate plans years ago for that park is there a thought that that is something that's gonna come to fruition or is it gonna stay a simpler design um than what he maybe originally envisioned do we know
4: it's open. It's, you know, it's open for whatever the village decides to do. Um, it's so that it, what they've done is phase one, which makes it a, a usable park. You know, with the places to have a picnic, um, the little amphitheater thing. I, I, I think we're all having trouble with that amphitheater because it's not really an amphitheater. It's sort of an elevated series of, of stone seats. And I, I sort of look at it, you know, and I I think that would be a place where, you know, maybe uh, someone would would do a poetry reading or have a puppet show or something. It's mm. not like it's going to be a place where you're going to have a big concert or something. Mm-hmm. It's um much smaller.
1: They haven't really finalized talked about any plans about what they're going to do there yet, right. right? I mean, is that that'll be up to the village? I imagine to to bring them bring some bring some things in.
4: I, I, they'll approve various things, but I I, I kind of see it more as being a kind of organic place, you know, where I don't know, I mean, uh, people could gather down, I don't know, for photos or whatever. It's just, a, it's an interesting little thing. Um,
1: Steve, why don't, why don't you and I just go read some Shakespeare together <laughs>
0: there, there at some point? <laughs> I would really pay to see that.
1: I would do that.
3: Would they have the option of doing like a, a little floating stage or something if they wanted to do that with the the theater? Is there is there a place for that or no?
4: There's, it's called a channel, yeah. Channel with a pretty good current. So <laughs> they, yeah. they don't
3: have like, a, they, when I first saw that, I, I thought that might be the idea is that they were, they were sort of looking to make, you know, because the, 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 the seating sort of looks out on yep. the water, right? So, um, it, you know, I wondered if they maybe were planning some sort of a floating stage where you could put a band out there or something. But I, I don't know that that's part of the plan. Georgie, do you?
2: I feel like that would impede navigation right. under the bridge. Um, so that problem, and like Steve said, like, that's like a pretty, like that channel flows, um, you know, at a pretty significant rate. And, um, you know, it, it is a place that, you know, big yachts and small boats are coming in and out of constantly. So especially in season. So I don't think that that would be something that's on the table. Yeah. Then. It's
4: never been discussed at this point. So, yeah, I mean, Anything's possible. The
2: property was, I,
0: I can't remember the details. It was bought with um, all CPF money.
4: Yes. Yeah, it was, it was, it, uh, it's an acre and a quarter. And uh, the Southampton town paid 10.5 mil for it in mm-hmm. 2018. I think it was closed on the following year. And as part of the deal, the um, J Bielski kept the property where he has built those three large condo buildings and, um, um, uh, And as Yalaraka has said, you know, that his original vision, you know, was to buy the Water Street Shops building as well as two Main Street. And um, I I think that raises the question of where do those businesses go? Because Sag Harbor is still a, you know, a a real community. It's not like Quag, which is kind of a, a place where people go and hang out for the weekend. I mean, it's a functioning village, as it were.
2: Has a very vibrant downtown business district. And that's there are a lot of businesses within those two properties. And
0: is it realistic to think that the CPF would be willing to buy? I mean, it seems like, you know, they just bought the actual Steinbeck property Um, with CPF funds. You have Steinbeck Park now that they've purchased. And I know there's um, a a question on the table whether they might buy the um, two Main Street property, which are those little shops. Right on Main Street. And now you have the West Water Street property that was originally going to be the home of the Bay Street Theater, but now that's back on the market. So I just wonder if we're hitting our kind of max expectation for what CPF might jump into. Well,
1: there's $6 million, $6 million that they won't have to spend on Marsden Street property. So got that in
0: the bank. Yeah. I don't know. I have a feeling that's coming back up.
2: Let's not go <laughs> into No,
0: that's another podcast.
2: <laughs> a little raw. But you know, you have to remember those properties um you know, the Westwater Street shops which is where 711 used to be for those who are unfamiliar with the um, area. Um you know, that was purchased at the height of the COVID real estate boom. And two Main Street also changed hands when commercial real estate prices, all real estate prices were still through the roof. I believe it was 2020 and 2021 that those um, transactions occurred. So the people that bought those properties bought them at the very, very tip top of the market. Um, as we all know, community preservation fund purchases are based on appraised values, and um, The idea that they would even get close to what they paid for, I just think is seems really unrealistic. And like Steve said, I just wonder, like I think John Steinbeck from Park is awesome and it's a beautiful place. I plan to go have lunch there later today, but I wonder um, how much value there really is for the community at large in adding those two other properties to this waterfront park um, and losing a number of local businesses you know as a result.
4: Aesthetically absolutely you know as far as I'm concerned um you know the 7-Eleven building and 2 Main Street are both abominations architecturally and I think it would look I think (laughs) it would look beautiful to have a big park with trees and you know a fountain or whatever you could could imagine all sorts of things. I also think it would have been really beautiful to see Bay Street Theater built there. I think that could have been an absolutely magnificent piece of public uh, architecture yeah that was kind of a missed opportunity
0: do we think that they changed their mind on that because after the waterfront um, rezoning they just felt that they could never do what they had envisioned I I never quite got a clear answer on why they totally said we're not doing that now
2: I don't think any of us got a really clear answer on why they decided to not do that anymore. I mean, at the time, the focus had so heavily shifted um, by the same development team to a, you know, proposed. Um, you know, large affordable housing project behind Main Street with like significantly large commercial spaces below it supporting that housing. Um, Of course, we all know that, you know, the affordable housing law that would have enabled that project to move forward um, was challenged in court and um, the challengers, you know, were successful in their suit. So, you know, a lot of that redevelopment of really the whole west side of sag harbor from the 7-eleven west water street shops area you know and back behind main street all which are owned by a group of developers it's just like kind of stalled and we don't really know um kind of what future plans are at this point
1: local support comes from the law firm of toomey latham shea kelly dubin and cordararo In these trying times, working full time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. Suffolklaw.com.
0: 27 Speaks is brought to you by Sack Harbor Books and Southampton Books, independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sack Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton. They buy books. Collections, libraries, individual titles, very easy process. They handle everything. Do you have books to sell? Call or email today or visit com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations, including office positions. Georgie, Steve, Annette, can you guys talk a little bit about what
3: that property was before all of this transformation into the park i mean how it was always sort of used as a gathering space right or to talk about the history
0: no it, no it was, a, it was a medical it was building. a medical building and not a very attractive one. Oh, okay like, yeah That's, uh, you know what i think this and
4: it this, was a <clears throat> it was a parking yeah.
3: lot um, i don't remember I, I wonder how how long ago that was because
2: not too long um, ago it wasn't too long ago, but it was a forgettable space. Yeah. I mean, it was basically a decrepit yeah. um, old medical building um, that, I mean, in its last years, as, you know, several different developers were trying to redevelop that space into luxury condominiums during this big rush of luxury condominium development in Sag Harbor. Um, it just kind of sat vacant. Um, there was like a lot of graffiti, like kids would break in there. Cops were called there all the time. Um, it was just like kind of this decrepit aging building and a parking lot. Um, right on the wall
0: I, I remember the owner i think it was owned by the diners was the yes. name of the family that yes, owned it. and i remember they got to the point where they would basically um charge people to park there like on busy nights and i think that's how they started making a little money there after the building itself was pretty much abandoned by the businesses um and mostly doctors and acupuncturists and things like that that were in there so they're all gone but it was um yeah it was a fairly forgettable corner
4: <laughs> and another little part of it is there's a there was a right of way. The original bridge to North Haven, you would access it instead of you know you would. There was a little road that tucked behind what is now Passa and went along the backside of the the 7-Eleven building, and then there was a bridge that cut across over to North Haven, and so that was always up in the air. That was a big fight over the who owned that, who had the right of way.
0: Is that part of Steinbeck Park now? That right away, or does that? No, it's
4: it's what defines it. That that's the border. I mean, yeah, I mean one the, section yeah. of one little bit of it is, might be, I guess.
0: I see. Yeah. So who actually owns that little border now? Is that state or county, or is it I belong? Think to... I think
4: it's the top. The village.
2: The town of Southampton. Yeah. I, I believe Steinbeck Park is still technically owned by the town of right. Southampton right. and the village of Sag Harbor manages it. Right. Um, for a long time, developers that were proposing luxury condos had suggested, like, oh, well, maybe if you give us our condos, we'll give you a park, which was kind of the genesis of this conversation. I mean, it, but that dates back literally like 20, 25 years. Uh, so by the time 2018 rolled around, the idea of this little chunk of land becoming public park space, you know, had been in discussion for decades.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, and on Thursday, it becomes reality. So,
2: and it's really
3: lovely now. I mean, I, you know, got a look at it the other day before our session, I walked down and took a look around and, and, you know, when the fences come down and it becomes public space for real, uh, it's really grown in nicely and it, and it's just a you know it feels like it's been there forever it really does it 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 fits you know the way you picture a waterfront uh village like sag harbor it's nice to have that park right along the water uh and and it just it just feels like a perfectly appropriate use of the space
2: and in addition to you know obviously the village really led by jim laraka um sandra schroeder originally and like the project's been seen to this point really by um, the current mayor, you have to thank the Sag Harbor Partnership, which did a tremendous amount of fundraising for Steinbeck Park and really Ed Hollander, who has just been this angel to Sag Harbor, um, really just donating so much time and effort um, into beautifying you know, this community that he really loves as well.
1: Hi, this is Ellen Duogardi. I'm the director of events for the Express News Group. I'm also the president of the Sag Harbor Chamber of Commerce. Community really matters to all of us at this company. I know it's a good part of why I'm here. We've hosted more than 50 of our Express Sessions events in Southampton, East Hampton, and Sag Harbor, focusing on issues that matter most to residents of the East End. We bring the most important government and community leaders and topic experts together in one room, and we often find answers to complicated questions, and we grow stronger together. This all takes staff time and company resources, but it's our job. And I'm happy to say we really love our work, but we can't do it without our subscribers. If this kind of community work is important to you, you can support it by becoming a subscriber. To subscribe, visit 27 com slash subscribe.
4: And thank you. I think you also, you can't, you can't overlook the fact that um, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of donations in terms, I mean, you know, thousands of yards of fill and topsoil um all of okay. that work for the the little amphitheater was all donated uh, the trees in the that have been planted are all donated all the rain garden plants are all the labor donated I mean um and as Hollander said it's like because there's the people who run the businesses out here and I I don't want to start naming them because I don't have a complete list and I don't want to you know get anything wrong but people there's businesses out here that work in this community and they're willing to to give back and I think that's should be pointed out or should be lauded
2: yeah I mean it's a it, it's been a community yeah. effort in a lot of ways and you know I think that especially right now this could be like a really great moment for Sag Harbor where things have been you know kind of tense and Um, There's been like a lot of division and, you know, a lot of talk about like us versus them and all of this, you know, I think that this is one space that everybody can agree um, is a benefit for the community and is there as a result of a community effort, which is really lovely.
0: So get down there and have a picnic and put it to good use. Maybe you can recite some poetry if you're really
4: ambitious. There you go. I'm going to invite people down for my marathon Proust reading. (laughs) <laughs> wait so is everybody
1: going to read something that's not a steinbeck work are we not going to recite the pearl
4: or <laughs> the red pony i was hoping that they would have like a broken down model a pickup truck you know with a couple guys with ragged overalls on parading through the village
3: i'm going to go down and read the last three pages of grapes of wrath which we read in high school and it left a real impression on me. I'll say that. That the last the ending of that
0: book stunned me. So you know there's a great, interesting story where Elaine Steinbeck um had to approve all translations of John Steinbeck's work. And um she got a, a manuscript one time from a Japanese translation, and they had changed the title of Grapes of Wrath to The Angry Raisin. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <That's great. laughs>
2: That's amazing. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's a good story. (laughs)
3: I think Pearson should change the name of their teams to the Angry Raisins. Oh, really? The Pearson Angry Raisins. I think
0: so.
1: 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com
0: Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and sagharborexpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.